You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. It's tough to demand perfection with a team that objectively isn't good, but we've had to do it for the past several days and we'll have to do it for the next six games because the schedule gets a lot tougher after that. On Thursday night, we relearned the foibles of demanding the Yankees win every single game, especially against a 99-loss team, the worst team in the league, the Baltimore Orioles. In a stretch of 10 must-win games against bad opponents, the Yankees are now 3-1. and one. Sounds fine, isn't enough, is also the maximum you could expect. What a team, what a time to be alive. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the pod. There is absolutely, positively, no reason whatsoever that yesterday's game, based on the way it started, based on the middle innings, should have been 2-1 with a runner on third and two outs and two strikes in the ninth. But after it got there, you have to squeeze the baseball. Would love to know why there was absolutely no reason for that, because that's all this season has been. We're sitting here. We did. We, we came in with high expectations for this entire this 10 game stretch. We said. I said eight and two. You said nine and one. Don't disagree with. I don't necessarily disagree with either of them. Um, but uh, in the back of our minds, did we expect this to go as smoothly as we think it should have? No. Uh, I'm going to sit here and tell you what I think the Yankees need to do and what they should do in order to get the job done. That 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 doesn't mean I am uh, confident that they're going to do it. This is this this is the story of their season. They finished eleven and eight against the Orioles. It's going to be the difference in deciding the wild card. It's it's they're just it very much is the Yankees. Uh, I was a little harsh on them when they went down uh, after. Oh, what you want to talk about Wednesday night's game? Let's talk about Wednesday night's game. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Torres goes back to second base. Uh, 
still back at second base this week after the position change, gets a rocket ground ball to him in the eighth inning with a runner on first and knocks it down and then just throws the ball to first base with the runner going to second was barely off the bag at first because he thought it was a line drive hit at Torres um, and he didn't want to get doubled up and Torres just throws the ball to first base runner goes to second is safe extends the inning should have been a double play and then Chad Green surprise surprise allows a home run to Austin Hayes to take the three two lead wait what yeah Chad Green did that no that's that's not the guy who does Chad that Green, who officially has given up the most home runs of any reliever since the start of 2020 and there are people out there still we can get to some crazy Chad Green stats if we want but I mean, he's no longer serviceable after inning six. Uh, I'll keep saying it, even though it looked like he was turning a little bit of a corner in that outing. um, It's still the Baltimore Orioles. You can blame the over usage all you want, but the Chad Green problems have been prevalent since early on in the season. You can blame Glaber Torres's error all you want. But then again, all Chad Green had to do was not give up a home run on an 0-2 count with two outs to the Baltimore Orioles. So here we are. Gardner saves the day in the ninth. Um, and the only reason we took the lead there is because uh, Gardner hits a blooper uh, over the shortstop's head, which is a very catchable ball. And instead of just going halfway and diagnosing whether the shortstop is going to catch it or not, Glaber Torres just takes off from second base and mm-hmm. doesn't even pay attention. So the ball drops, and luckily his lack of awareness actually paid off to give the Yankees the 4-3 lead and the eventual win. Uh, Chapman came in and slammed the door. Um, but, I mean, he gets doubled up there and the game's over. I, you just you have to cut him. You, you, there's no other choice. Brian <clears throat> Cash, just cut him on the spot. Literally, Brian Cashman just walks on the field. Hand in your uniform, please. This is this is the end of the road for you. Um, he strips on the diamond. Just, <laughs> oh, really? The, you need uh, the pants, too? Yes, Clipper. <laughs> Uh, Even the pants, <laughs> the jock strap. No, dude. Um, <laughs> but this once again, we're we're expecting a series sweep here. And what told you over the last however many days that that was going to happen made life difficult against the twins go down early five, nothing. And that was their first win in 36 tries to come back from four runs down at any point in this season. Then on Monday, you have a blowout win. Nope, not really. Let's not do that. Let's make life difficult. Have to bring in Chapman. Then Wednesday, you're cruising, but not enough runs. Career outing from Nestor Cortez overshadowed by more stupidity. And then you have to get the late game heroics. It's just too much stress to be putting on the team. And then you think two runs after a, 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 a what was that was a career outing from Jordan Montgomery strikeout wise, was it not? Yeah. Um, yes. So you fucking shit away another career outing because you can't score. And I understand somewhat bad luck here. Joey Gallo misses that grand slam. Um, by what two feet uh, runners on second and third with one out and Guardy pops up and Stanton grounds out simply can't blame those guys at this point because with the last six weeks they've had we wouldn't even be in this position we'd probably just cancel the podcast at that point if they didn't exist so can't get on those guys' cases but you know rest of the lineup you can't get seven hits against the Baltimore Orioles man and um, it's just insane judge goes over five not going to blame him but just not good enough Uh it's just it's it's mind numbing how they continue to put themselves in this, these situations. All you have to do is you score four or five runs, make life a little bit easier for your relievers. And then you want to talk about a bullpen decision that I didn't entirely agree with. Why does Joely Rodriguez throw three pitches and not come in? But then you're throwing Clay Holmes for two innings like what? Why? Yeah. 
what is he? Am I right to question that? Like, I don't of get it. You are. I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't understand anything about that. And if you're, yeah, if you're trying to desperately conserve your bullpen, which they are, and so it's really hard to even. I, I, I am. I'm incredibly anti Aaron Boone for the culture he <laughs> creates and represents and the decisions he makes. But at this point, it's really difficult to get on him about any bullpen decision that involves putting the wrong guy in the wrong place because there's nobody there. So Chad Green. Like they've preached that he's been overused and he probably shouldn't have gone a second inning, but Chad green in a high leverage scenario, you can't bury him anymore. Like you buried Chapman in June and July because the, the bullpen is gone. There's nobody there, which means that, you know, it's tough to fall Boone for placing guys where they are, but it's easy to fall Boone for seeing a guy get through a third of an inning and then saying, that's it. You're done. I'm going to go with somebody else who's been overworked lately for two innings at the end of the game. <laughs> that's really hard to justify. Here's a blame game that I don't think uh, most, most podcasts won't, won't cover this. Most podcasts are scared to cover this um, blame game. The Avet brothers who were playing a concert after yesterday's game, in the fifth inning, we got a torrential downpour, and it soaked the field in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. In any other scenario, doesn't that game get delayed? But they don't want to ruin the Avit Brothers concert, so they don't put the tarp on the field, and they just make a 99-loss team fight it out with a much better team on a more even playing field because the field is covered in mud. <laughs> like, what happened... Major League Baseball these days, it does feel like in the old days, if the 99 loss Orioles were playing a completely meaningless spoiler game against the wild card contending Yankees and it was drenched by the fifth inning, they would have called the game. Sorry. Or if the precious Red Sox were in that game, they would have called the game. But no, the, the Yankees and Orioles, for some reason, have to fight through the monsoon uh, as the field gets grosser and grosser, leading to a wild pitch to put a runner on second, a wild pitch to put the tying runner at the plate. It, it's like, it's really that simple. It's A to B. The field is garbage. Everything's gross. Uh, does Clay Holmes have to execute his pitches better? Obviously, sure. Uh, two inning Clay Holmes, but sopping wet Clay Holmes, Gary Sanchez, who wouldn't know how to block a ball if, you know, if you demanded he block for his job, uh, he would not succeed. Um, it's the culmination <laughs> of a whole lot of things. And then, of course, um, what, what a night in New York sports, by the way, because then, uh, Yankee fans, the game ended just in time for Yankee Giants fans to watch the second half of Giants, uh, Washington football team, where the Giants, uh, made a miraculous interception to steal the momentum with 2.15 left, knocked 15 more seconds off the clock, only kicked a field goal, then held the, held the Washington boys, uh, <laughs> to a 48 yard field goal attempt to win the game. Of course, they let him right down the field. 48-yard attempt to win the game. Goes wide, but no. Guy jumped off sides. We got to do it again. Giants lose. An unbelievable five hours. And it really was like five hours because they stacked perfectly because the Yankees started at 5 p.m. Again, for the Avit brothers. So that is a maximum level of sports pain. You'll never feel that again unless there's some sort of tragic wild card game on a Sunday while the Giants are playing. Because I don't think the Giants have any more primetime games. But my God, I mean, put it in the Hall of Shame immediately. And at a certain point, these tragic twist endings feel nor. I mean, there was a tragic Chad Green ending on Wednesday before the Yankees flipped it around. And then, of course, all they could do was save themselves for another 24 hours before doing it again. 
I said nine and one. I didn't, you can't expect nine and one. They no. almost lost the first game of this stretch. They almost, they almost lost the Twins game. Almost lost the uh, first three games. Yeah, they, lose, they should be. They, they lose could be every game. Four. They could be zero and four. They lose. I mean, zero and four would have been zero and five. Would have been one and twelve. I mean, they're <laughs> they are they're not good, folks. Um, <laughs> but the I mean, they, they the only reason you can say they needed this one. I mean, it's the Orioles. You can't go eleven and eight against the Orioles, but. Uh, the Indians uh, can pitch and can't hit. We can't hit. So the, the Indians are a bad team, but that's obviously going to be a cl- that's the toughest three games in the 10 game set mm-hmm. of bad teams. Uh, that's today, tomorrow and Sunday. That'll be annoying. Uh, just as we promised the Orioles were going to be annoying because a they always are. And B, we got John Means and Chris Ellis and it's two ERA. And I, I do just want to read out to you. So the Red Sox have the Orioles six more times. That's why you just can't possibly have faith in the Yankees holding them off. And holding them off, I mean, that's not even the right term anymore because the Yankees are now out. They're not in the they're not in the wild card spot. The the Red Sox and Jays are there. Um, but who the Yankees just faced? They faced uh, Wells and his seven ERA in the opener. Uh, that guy was bad. Then they faced John Means, all star, no hit. The uh, Seattle Mariners on the road earlier this season. Still a good pitcher. You can get his pitch count up, but clearly the class of the Orioles rotation. And then Ellis, I still don't know his deal. I don't know what he does well, but I do know that he's now gotten the Yankees two times in a row, and his ERA is 2.39, so everyone should be well aware. So the Yankees got two good starters in a three-game series with the Orioles. That's almost impossible because there are two good starters on the entire team. Here's who the Red Sox get in their three-game set that starts today. Keegan Aiken, 2-9, 6.83 ERA tonight. That's the class of the series. That's as good as it gets Somebody named Lowther pitches on Saturday. 0-2, 9.92. And then Sunday, they circle it back with Wells and his 7.76 ERA. We got one of those three dudes. We, I would have enjoyed Lowther. Really would have. That might have been fun for me. But unfortunately, it's the worst for me because he's going to Boston. Uh, it's not going to be okay. And at this point, that is okay. Yeah, I look uh, the rain. The, you make a great point about the rain. I didn't even think about that because I am not blame. The Yankees continue to just put themselves in these situations. If the game is five or six nothing, like it probably should have been, then maybe they call it. But it's two nothing, and they're not capitalizing on on what they need to. Um, and it just changes the element. So if the Yankees took advantage of any situ any singular situation in this entire season. And I'm not even going to count the 13 game winning streak as taking advantage of a situation because they, while yes, they, they had a lot of, they, they had a lot of uh, clutch and uh, whatever you want to call it plays and, and whatnot. They also got lucky. So um, not that luck isn't a part of the game, but when that is defining a lot of your success, when the bounces are going your way, that doesn't really mean you're taking advantage. That just means like, things are turning in the other way because life isn't linear like that. You don't just, you know, you don't just continue losing or continue winning. So um, the Yankees, once again, put themselves in the situation, can't score for whatever reason. I don't understand. I don't know. And what's the point of even previewing the Indian series? There's no point. I'm, I'm desperately searching for a point to, uh, to, to anything really to the whole, we waited all year for this. I mean, in the same way that all uh, Yankees Giants fans stuck watching that second game, knew knew things wouldn't turn out all right oh, when yeah. Darius Slayton dropped a wide open touchdown pass, and it was like, oh, there's the thing that always happens. <laughs> okay, so this isn't going to end well. 
I think all Yankee fans watching the first game sort of, I mean, it's sad. Again, you can't blame Gardner, can't blame Stanton, two guys who've done more than enough to help keep this team afloat in recent weeks. But the second, it's second and third, one out in the second inning, already 2 nothing, and Gardner and Stanton can't get the runs in. You're kind of like, oh, Great. that uh, that felt like the the opportunity there. You, you got to get more. But at least they got Ellis's pitch count up. And, oh, somehow he just threw the third inning on eight pitches. Oh, so then we got his pitch count back down. And then, <laughs> oh, this kind of all feels like it's going to collapse in on itself. And then sure enough, it did. I mean, the, the Gallo two out non-Grand Slam was the only real opportunity they had for the rest of the game. Against mm-hmm. the Orioles bullpen, yeah. who I guess I would take over what I have because we we haven't hit the Orioles bullpen all year. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, how do we regroup from here? Stick around. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Rest chin on ground. Look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Thomas Carinati, before we move on, you do want to take a minute with uh, everybody's favorite non-shortstop, Clayber Torres, and and I will give you that minute. Yeah, I mean, my, uh, God, it's just I don't know what we're watching. I don't know why we're watching it, and it just continues to happen with every player. Um, I, I don't know why Clayber Torres is in the lineup yesterday. I really do not. Aaron, this is and like you said, I got to be anti Aaron Boone now, I guess, because the culture he's created. I just I can't get on board with it. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what's going on, but. I don't know on what planet that you're going to play a guy who you took out of the game on Tuesday for not hustling on a grounder down uh, to the third baseman. Mm-hmm. Labor hit a hot shot to third base and you could see him just speed walking a first or lackadaisical jogging, whatever you want to call it. He got taken out in the eighth. Aaron Boone after the game says that um, it had a little bit to do with his effort. Uh, yeah, and this is uh, not anything new on April 21st against um, the Atlanta Braves. He had that check swing. He had that check swing bunt and decided to put his head down and just start walking down to first. And the Aaron boom was approached about that after the game had to answer questions from the media about it, said he was going to talk to Glaber about it, but, and then, and then you want to fast forward to Wednesday. He makes a play on defense that on Tuesday, he made the error too. So let's not forget about that. Just misses a chopper and then rifles it a hundred miles an hour at Gio Rochella, who's three feet away. And then on Wednesday, you have him just opt to not turn a double play for whatever. Like, like, did anybody at, did he see the media? Did anybody ask him? Because I didn't see anything about that. Nobody, I didn't hear an explanation as to why he just simply decided not to turn a double play. And then you take out DJ and Voight on Thursday and you leave Glaber in the lineup. DJ, who's at, who's starting to heat up a little bit and Voight, who is, has every time you start him has as more times than not done something to help your lineup. So, yeah, I mean, I am getting on Glaber Torres' case here, but this is more of a culture and uh, disciplinarian issue. I don't uh, what uh, players once again, it goes back to what we were talking about the other day. The players that the Yankees may or may not have ruined or are on the trajectory to ruining them. Players are not being rewarded for doing the right thing. 
players who are not doing the right thing are being rewarded for uh, arbitrary reasons or I, I, the, the, just the, explanations that don't exist or decision-making that just has no, once again, no human element to it. It's just, yeah, we're playing these guys because, uh, yeah, that that works out the best, so we're just going to do that. No, Glaber Torres should be benched. DJ LeMay should be playing second base. Gio Rochelle should be playing third base. Tyler Wade should be playing shortstop. Or if you want to put Tyler Wade at third, Gio, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a shit what you do. Glaber Torres just should not have been playing on Thursday at 5 o'clock when the Yankees needed a win and his energy is bringing down the entire team. It's very obvious. He did. I don't know what's wrong. I hope everything's okay with him. I don't want to, I don't want to delve into that because I know players endlessly deal with mental issues, family stuff, off the field things, relationships. He just had a kid I, or he's, his, his wife is pregnant. Things mm-hmm. are tough, dude. People get stressed out, but it's very clear to me based on body language, based on largely lack of accountability for much of the year. I know he admitted to making errors and it's, it, they weren't quote acceptable, but his body language just makes me believe he doesn't really like baseball that much. And that's how I feel. I'm not accusing him of not wanting to play anymore, but I'm just saying based on what I'm seeing, it really doesn't look like he's interested. And you, you have to, you, you played sports before folks, you've done anything in a team effort before guys, you know, when somebody's bringing down the mood, hell, just hanging out with friends and talking to friends and drinking, you have one downer in the group it brings, brings down the whole, the, all the energy. It's not fun. And that, that that could be playing a factor into what's happening with the Yankees. I don't know. It's just unacceptable how there's no how there's no repercussions after a really bad week. He lost his job at shortstop and then performed poorly after that outside of the single in the top of the ninth inning on uh, Wednesday and then continues to get starting nods. I just don't get it. There was an accidentally telling Aaron Boone quote in the mix too, where you know when he pulled him off shortstop, he kept saying, uh, he said something like the best version of this team has Glaber. Uh, you know, Gl- we need Glaber to be the best version of this team we can be. That's, of course, true. Absolutely true. But that's the biggest problem with the team is that we don't have him. Yeah. And we don't have the best version of Glaber. And we're, we don't appear close to getting that. And it doesn't seem like it's a, a midseason correction that's going to come from just moving him over because moving him from shortstop to second appears to have just created a defensive black hole at second. Like they played the infield in with the bases loaded and one out in the 10th of yesterday's game because they didn't trust Glaber Torres to turn a double play because they didn't trust Glaber Torres at double play depth could, could make a play. Um, It's just, you you can't have a guy around the field who you continue to move around. Who's a liability everywhere. And of course the best version of this Yankee team has a good Glaber Torres, but that's why they've been not great this year because they've had a bad Glaber Torres for 145 games. It's that simple. There is a, I want to draw your attention to a ridiculous Andy Martino column that just dropped. Um, and I usually back Andy Martino because he's been backing the Yankees. Whenever people try to come at them with cheating allegations, he keep, he's the one who's always like, Nope, investigated. Not real. Nope. Looked into it. It's not a real thing. Nope. Nice. Th- thanks for playing. That's not real, but he has published a column this morning called, <laughs> I can't believe I'm reading this. Urgent message to Mets and Yankees, colon. There is still time to extend your managers. And the blurb in the tweet is, Rojas and Aaron Boone represent their organizations with dignity and have sharp baseball minds. The case for why bringing them back is in the best interest of their organizations, no matter how this season ends for the Mets and Yankees. Aaron Boone has a sharp baseball mind, according to the media. 
Like Aaron, Aaron Boone has the kind of sharp baseball mind the media likes because he's nice to you. He makes glib comments. But then as soon as he hits the field, I have yet to see this sharp baseball mind in four years. He has not elevated the talent he's been given. He was supposed to connect with a group of young players uniquely better than Joe Girardi. And by the way, if Joe Girardi were still here, also bad, also not good, not advocating for that. But Boone was brought in to do what Joe Girardi couldn't. Uh, But it also seemed very quickly as if he was brought in to execute the vision of the front office and listen to their map and read their map out loud and polish off their map. Um, The fact that he struggled so constantly amid these bullpen injuries speaks to the fact that he can't improvise as soon as he is off his game. He does not get back on it. Um, you see I what he do, said yesterday? I, I don't see what did I, I mean? What What are we talking about? What are the things that he said? He said he said at trying to strike a balance between wanting guys in there every day versus knowing how a day off could reset certain individuals during this crucial point in the season is a challenge. He's talking about September as if it's May 12th. And he he's said doing that since he got years, here. He said four years to figure out how to balance a lineup and 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 help out players get rest and 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 get other guys in there who need reps before like what does try did he not have enough time to experiment with this? Now he has the best lineup he probably has ever had. And it's, easily it's difficult for him to figure this out. He also said Glaber's read on the bloop single on Garner's bloop single was a really good aggressive one. I mean, maybe, I don't know. That wasn't the response for most people watching the game. I thought it was a little insane. I mean, I support it because it got us the win, but like another thing where like, what am I hearing? I completely insane. I, 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 at first blush, I did not think Glaber knew what he was doing. Then you check though. He did have his head up looking at the play. He's extremely lucky because that shouldn't have dropped in. I don't really know how it did. One more thing that I would like to uh, see um on the i wish there was like an overhead camera like an nfl game pass or whatever for these games how did tyler wade not score on the go double yesterday i was i'm saying this i was watching the there was an overhead if you guys if you want to watch some highlights just type in yankees orioles highlights click the youtube one uh for september 16th i did it this morning to watch them again they had an overhead view and tyler wade was coming he the ball had not reached the cutoff man yet and he had reached third and didn't want like I and the, the cutoff man was deep into the outfield. He was not like he did not catch the ball in the infield dirt. He was probably 15 feet out there. So he would have to make a hell of a throw to get Tyler Wade. So not really sure what Phil Nevin was doing there, man. Um, I, I guess I could understand, you know, you have two hot hitters coming up in, in Gardner and uh, 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 Stanton. Stanton. So you want to preserve the inning. I, I could understand that, but. Tyler Wade's also your fastest player by far. Like, why not just test the defense? We saw the Orioles. What was it? A couple of weeks ago, they had the craziest sequence of letting runner. They they missed a runner yeah. on third, and then they tried to throw it home, and then they threw it into the dugout. Like Kelvin Gutierrez's yeah. body checked a guy into the this ground. team is yeah this te- yeah this team is not like this team is not the 2015 Kansas City Royals, dude. Like you can you can test them on defense if a if the first baseman or second baseman has to make a throw from, you know, out from the infield, uh, uh, from the beginning of the outfield grass and hit the catcher on a strike to get the fastest player on the opposing team out. Yeah. Take that risk. Why not? Once again, team doesn't take risks. Team does not, not aggressive. Uh, I guess I'm just, is aggressive. 
I'm so glad we're done with the Orioles. They, these games are such a lose, goddamn lose. Um, they they play us tough. Nobody understands that because they're obviously not good. Um, you know, we're we're eleven eight against them. Every game against the Orioles has to be a win. You feel like you have to go nineteen and zero. You're never gonna go nineteen and zero. And then every time you lose, it feels like the world is ending, and you can't possibly imagine winning ever again. Uh, obviously, they're gonna move on. And they're gonna have to try to win some baseball games. Over the weekend at home, they get the Indians, uh, the Guardians, the Clevedians, and then next week they've got the Rangers. All of these are winnable. None of them are at quite the same level as these Orioles games, but every time you lose an Orioles game, it feels like you've lost three games. And, of course, they pl- I mean, we promised you they were going to play Wednesday tight. We promised you they were going to play Thursday tight. They did both of those things. They had a major early advantage on Thursday, couldn't step on the gas, and they ended up in a place where the weather was going to be determinative of course they did. Um, you check out what's on the docket for the Indian series. It's hard not to be a little encouraged. Zach Plesak on Friday. He's been not good this year against Corey Kluber, but that's probably going to be an Andrew Heaney at some point. Is Clark Schmidt still here? No, he's not, right? So Andrew Heaney. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Aaron Svali, probably the... Uh, Tristan McKenzie's the guy I wanted to avoid in the series, and they are avoiding him. But Aaron Savali's good. Nothing stand out. You know, it does everything 75% good. All the pitches are decent. Good hook. Um, against Luis Heel. So hopefully it bounce back from Heel too. And then Sunday, uh, the Indians are sending Eli Morgan and his 6.03 ERA, the really the one dud in the entire rotation against Garrett Cole. So you know what that means. Um, this is the reason I wanted to win that. So obviously you don't have to win every game you play. You're going to have losses involved. But when you're in a stretch where I want you to go 9-1 and one, and you are 3-0 and oh, and you are up 2-1 with two outs and two strikes and a runner out there in the ninth, you really want to secure that one because you want to make it easy on yourself. The Indians, they're not going to sweep the Indians. There's going to be a loss in here and they're going to have to sweep the Rangers after this series in order to finish the home stand the way we want them to. Um, it's all tough. None of this is simple, but that's why you really want to bank those O's wins, especially because it's the Orioles, but especially because you went once you're at the finish line in a stretch where you can't really be dropping games. That's one that you got to finish. So I'm not very encouraged um, I, I'm not going to make any predictions here. I, I, I do think they should take two out of three. I think they're more likely to take today's. Uh, I think they're more likely to take Saturday and Sunday and lose tonight. Um, I guess we'll see. Um, you know, the Corey Kluber experiment, he's making rehab starts at the big league level. Maybe he's energized facing his old team or something. The Indians can't really hit, but that doesn't change. Framiel Reyes, you know, he's still able to take a cement mixer from Kluber and hit it 7,000 feet. So I, I say they're more likely to win Saturday and Sunday than they are today. I don't know if this gets any easier for us. That's sort of where I'm at. I think I think they have a better chance at sweeping this than any series, probably because a the Indians can't hit, so that will play into their hand. It's in some capacity. And guess what? The Yankees' biggest problem this year is playing divisional opponents. You want to know yeah. their record against division opponents? Would you like to know? I would. I know it's. I know it's under five hundred. Oh, you're damn fucking right. It's under five. It's thirty and thirty-seven. So the mm-hmm. Yankees just. This is where the Yankees frustrate you because you. Th- th- these are the games you, you have a certain number of games to play against these teams. If we if we want to be exact with the number, it's seventy-six games, and these are the games that you have to win, especially against the inferior ones. Am I asking for? Uh, a 13 and six record against the Red Sox? No. Am I asking for a 10 and nine record against the Rays? Not really. Like they actually hit seven and nine against the Rays. I'll take that. I'll take that at this juncture, you know? Um, yeah. But 
you at this point, you have to realize who the Yankees are and and what and how they do not rise to the occasion because any team and any manager knows you have to take if you're when you're a contender. I'm not, if you're the, the Orioles, teams like the Orioles don't, don't matter. You don't have Brandon Heizak going into the clubhouse being like, hey, guys, the divisional opponent today. This is where we got to take care of business. No, he's got 100 losses. You're a contender. You're the New York Yankees. You know the biggest business, the, the most the most important business that you need to take care of is beating the teams in front of you that you're going to see often. And why is it even more of an advantage to do that? Because you're seeing them often. You know them, kind of. Look at the NFL when you're facing divisional opponents. You, you have the general blueprint and the strategy to beat them. That's why the Giants and... Washington football team are always having it's it's always a battle. Um, usually the Giants come out on top because they they know their divisional opponent. Um, but last night, prime example of not being prepared, not being mentally prepared. How many mistakes doomed the Giants? Giants took fourteen points off the board. Yankees, same thing. The mistakes, lack of lack of aware, lack of aggression, lack of awareness about uh, in terms of what's going on. This is why this is why this team is frustrating because it, it comes off as soft. It comes off as mentally weak and it comes off as just not really having the energy and the fire and the passion to, to put your team to the next level. And it's even more embarrassing when you need the wins and you're facing the worst team in baseball and you can't just win three straight games with an all-star lineup. And that's, this is going to be the difference. It's going to be the difference if the Yankees don't make the playoffs and there's no arguing that it's a fact it's in the numbers. If you go, if you go 11 and eight against the worst team in baseball, and you're separated by a half game in the wild card, that is the difference because there's nothing else you could have done against any other team to better your city. Unless you were 0 and 10 against another team. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, maybe win two games there, but they're not. The Yankees have winning records or 500 records against every other team. So it's been par for the court. They're playing the same. They're playing everybody the same is what I'm trying to say, which you can't do. Can't do it. We all like to have a laugh. It's true. Whenever like the Red Sox lose a series to the Blue Jays, we all like to giggle or whatever, but that's how contenders end their season. They go 500 against the teams in the division that are really good or near 500. Like we are, we managed to pull ourselves together against the Rays and that's awesome. I don't really know how that happened. Congratulations to us, but you want to float around the 500 mark against the good teams in 2003, 2004, the Yankees and Red Sox always went nine and nine against each other. That's how it worked. You go 500 against the good teams in your division that you play constantly. Sometimes you lose a depressing. Nobody wants to lose a depressing series, but sometimes you do. Then sometimes you pull one out of your ass and go two and one. You have to even those out as best you can. You know, nine and nine, eight and ten, whatever. Then you feast on the terrible teams in your division. At the end of the season, you've won 96 or 97 games. A couple extra bounces go your way. You're at 99 or 100. The Yankees have some moments that you can focus on this year when you're talking about, you know, expectations not being met. Um, you know, you can focus on being down to the last strike in Detroit and losing that game. You can focus on being down to the last strike yesterday and losing that game. You can focus on the Chapman meltdown against the Angels, the Chad Green meltdown against the Astros. It's fair to focus on all these individual games because they're all going to hurt at the end of the year. But you're right. 11 and 8 against the Orioles when the team ahead of you went 18 and 1. The Red Sox are 9 and 4 against the Orioles, but three of those were a season opening sweep. Mm-hmm. which is one of the crazier things. The Orioles swept the season opening series at Fenway, and it was pretty easy. Um, but since then, the Red Sox are 9-1, and one, as they should be. Um, and they've got six more, and they're going to win these next three. And so it's really going to come down to they're going to be 12-1 and one going into that next series against the Orioles, and we'll see if they face some real human pitchers. But 
there's a reason that every time the Red Sox face the Orioles, I go, okay, yeah, three wins. We, we're not able to do that. We're not able to just shrug and bank the wins. The Red Sox, I think, the last time they faced the Orioles, I was in New England. So I was like, these games were being shoved in front of my eyeballs. And one of them, they just romped. The next one, they destroyed. And the third one, I think they were down 3 nothing in the first or something, and they just erased the deficit immediately and then went on to romp because it's not hard to beat this team because this team's not good. Um, this team loses games to quality opponents. Brandon Hyde is kind of a psycho. I wouldn't be shocked if, honestly, one point I want to refute is I feel like if in the locker room, Brandon Hyde really might have been like, come on, this is the New York Yankees, you board. He's like slapping them in football helmets. He's like, I want to hear you. This is your division on the line. Like, he's kind of a crazy person. He was just yelling at Robbie Ray last week for no reason, just being like, fucking shit, Robbie. Like, he's a lunatic. So I actually wouldn't yeah, be shocked right. if he was like, do, do you fail smell blood in the ALE Waters? Well, who's smelling the blood? Like, he's a weird guy. But other than that, all of it holds true. Um, yeah, I guess they are more likely to win this home series against a better team. Yeah, they beat they beat the crap out of, or, or it seems like they beat the crap out of non-divisional opponents. So um, I, I, I feel like it's that. I feel like it, it's at least somewhat trending in that direction. I don't know. They handle, they... they they even like they got the better of the Astros this year. It's just I don't get it. I, I it's it's, it's going to be dumb shit that dooms this team, and it shouldn't surprise anybody. We'll just it just shouldn't be a surprise to you. If it's a surprise to you at the end of this year, it means you haven't been watching enough, which is fine. One hundred sixty-two games, really hard to follow religiously, or you just don't know, or you're just not good at knowing stuff, or <laughs> you're, it, Shots it's fired. It, I'm I'm I I'm sorry. It's either you're not good at knowing stuff, you're not good at diagnosing problems, you're not you're you're short-sighted and you're 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 not able to see a larger picture. Shots fired at the haters. I don't know. It's just I, I feel like if you're a if you're a tuned in Yankees fan this year and you've been dialed in to every pitch, you would know what the problem is because yes. it, it's very prevalent. Um, and there are people, like we said who feel the need to defend certain players in certain situations where it's just like, why, why, why are we defending Glaber Torres? Why are we defending Chad green? They're both not good. They both not have not been good. I'm not saying crucify them. I'm just saying, hold somebody accountable without, you know, whipping out a weird advanced stat that doesn't really apply to anything. So I'm not saying crucify them. I'm just saying, get the wood and get the nails out and per- begin <laughs> the process of crucifying them. I, that's all I'm saying. Just saying, prepare yourself for the crucifixion. I mean, come on. Not to get a little, I mean, we'll get a little Bill Simmonsy in the wrap up and that's fine. But some teams really like of all the Bill Simmons things that are just sort of intrinsic and vibe related that he's a vibe guy. That's where Bill and I, we don't get along on many things, but we do get along on vibes and he will always bring up some team having the season from hell. Like some NFL team year to year will always have a season where just they lose seven starters they were a playoff contender the year before. And then by week four, you're like, this isn't the same roster and this team isn't good. This Yankee team is having the season from hell in many, like it would be almost impossible for this roster to have performed worse than it has up to this point. And all of the losses are hall of fame, historic losses. They don't lose games. If they had just lost five, one of the O's yesterday, you'd be depressed for a different reason, but you wouldn't be like questioning whether they can hang on down the stretch. It's the fact that they lost that game the way they did after trying really hard to lose the game prior in the exact same way, like at least 15 of their losses this year are like one run late inning leads that they let get away or something of the like, or five run ninth inning leads. Um, And it's just hard to believe in a team that does that. That's it. 
Um, should we should we wrap? I think I'm good. Yeah, we're done. I got one more. This team's a 500 team without August. I know you don't want to split stats like that and try to be uh, a contrarian. In it, but if they don't go on an August run, they're, they're simply a 500 team. 12 and 14 in April, 17 and 11 in May, 12 and 14 in June, 14 and 9 in July, 6 and 9 in September. Not good. Like you said, team's not good. Thank you. Not good. Thank you, folks. I mean, we are going to prepare yourselves for either missing the wild card game, having the Aaron Boone conversation, getting in Andy Martino's mentions, or prepare yourself for the most devastating wild card game loss in modern baseball history. (laughs) Those are really the only two options on the table here. That is it for Friday's edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And guess what, folks? You are finding us. Our ratings are going up through the roof. People love what we're doing. Uh, people come up to me on the street and they say, Adam, the podcast <laughs> astounding. I have a side note. I was sitting in front of two. I was at Waitress, the musical on Thursday night. Great show. Everybody should see it while Sarah Bareilles is in town. And some guy behind me, I don't know who he was, unironically said, so I got stopped on the street and I just assumed it was one of my followers. And then, no, it was like someone who needed directions and just unironically was like, oh, I'm getting stopped on the street by my followers all the time. Um, so that's, I think I was inspired. No, nobody is stopping me on the street, but the podcast numbers attraction is good. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the listens. We'd love some subscribes and some uh, comments in the comment section on iTunes. Maybe if you'd rate and review us with a question, we'd be happy to answer it because obviously we've said enough about Glaber Torres. You've got our opinions every uh, three times a week on everything you could possibly want to know about. But until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Leave a comment. Do some do something. Don't be like the Yankees. Just actually do, do just actually do something. It doesn't matter if it's just positive or negative. Just do it. You can also find us on yanksyard.com. Plenty of content there for you. It's fun. You can drop us a comment. Talk to us on the uh, official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, and all I'm here to do is wish you a happy pizza Friday and a good weekend. Uh, and hopefully we're talking about somewhat good news on Monday. I don't know. Maybe the other guy, maybe the other teams lose. Maybe the Jays and the Red Sox lose some games because at this point we can't leave it all up to the Yankees, everyone. No, I'll leave, I'll leave that with you. Hear that, folks? Lose. We'll see you on Monday. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.